Hi, my name is Bridget, and I've never seen Predator 2. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. And I'm Johnny. Uh, and this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a show they've never seen before, but they absolutely should have. As you heard at the top, uh, we are joined by Bridget, who has never seen the sequel film Predator 2, because we are doing hashtag sequel September, where we're watching all sequels to movies we have covered on this podcast. Bridget, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely to be here. Yeah, so as I said, we are covering uh, sequels this month. Uh, we have already done Jaws 2 and U.S. Marshals. As you may have guessed from my terrible impression, uh, Johnny is not with us this week. He is on a, uh, a, a fun birthday trip. So happy birthday to Johnny. Uh, so we, we weren't able to no. coordinate schedules as a result of said birthday trip. So he's off having a good time. Uh, and we are here watching Predator 2, which may or may not be a good time. We'll see. We'll find out. Uh, so, Bridget, you were on the hot seat for the original Predator I was. Uh, episode that we did. You had not seen that before. Do you remember what your takeaway was from Predator? Much enjoyment. Okay. Much enjoyment, I believe, was my takeaway. And I was open to this, like, looking for the sequel at mm -hmm. the end of it and just never, never got to it. So excited to be covering it now. I do believe that we get a little bit of a switch up of location, mm -hmm. whereas the first one was jungly for our protagonists, if you will, of sort of alien world in many respects. Yeah, because they're, you know, they were regular U.S. Army soldiers, basically. I don't remember if they were like actual military or paramilitary or whatever, but mm -hmm. regular just American G.I. Joes, as it were. Yeah. Uh, so yes, the jungles of I think Central America are are foreign territory to them, so much like an alien world. You're right. Mm -hmm. I believe that the predator. I'm just sort of going over what I think I know. Believe that the predator is in more familiar territory. Mm -hmm. Wait, to the predator or to the to the viewer? Okay, yes, Maybe correct. To the viewer <laughs> or the protagonists, or whoever the the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura of this movie is. Do you know who the Arnold Schwarzenegger of this movie is? Is it? But you know it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously. But Yeah. Is it Danny Glover? It is Danny Glover. Oh, what a treat. Yeah. Has he showed up on the podcast yet? That's a good question. Uh, was he in Operation Dumbo Drop? He was. <laughs> okay. He was. Okay. For a second I was like... I was like, he's been here, but we didn't do... We haven't done Lethal Weapon... We haven't done it in the color purple. What am I thinking of? Yeah, and for a second I was like, that is Danny, right? Right? <laughs> but yes. It is, yes. So yes, Danny, Danny Glover is uh, returning from Operation Dumbo Drop to be in this movie. Even though this movie, I think, came out first. He's returning on the podcast. He's returning to the pod. Yes. <laughs> to the pod. Yeah, to the topic of conversation. Because, yeah, this is uh, 1990, so this comes out, I think, a couple years before Dumbo Drop. Okay, 1990. But I think we're we're post-Lethal Weapon at this point in his career, right? That was mid-80s? Yeah, Lethal Weapon, I think, is... Yeah. 
his known force on IMDb are Lethal Weapon 1, 4, 2012, and Lethal Weapon 3. In the, like, in that order. <laughs> so not... Oh, in, my. Yeah. Not any of the other Lethal Weapons and not Operation Dumbo Drop. Not Operation... Dang, I can't believe it. Yeah. So, yes, Danny Glover is here. He is the, uh, the protagonist of this movie. Uh, there are some other familiar names and faces you will see. Uh, one of which was also in something we watched on the podcast, so... Okay. This perfectly ties together as being a, uh, a follow-up to a thing we've watched before. Okay. Can you remind me, what year did Predator come out? That is a good question, and I will answer that with one quick Google search. I want to say it's like 86. Mm-hmm. 87. 87, okay. So yeah, this is three years on, follow-up, changing locations... Uh, you liked the first Predator. What are you kind of hoping to get out of a, a Predator sequel? We've talked in the previous weeks about sequels that kind of do their own thing, sequels that do the exact same thing, but a little different. What are you kind of hoping for and expecting from a Predator 2? From a Predator 2, I would I would like good Predator action. <laughs> I would like, sort of like we get at the end... The Home Alone style trap setting and maneuvering that Arnie is doing. I would enjoy seeing that again. Yeah, that would be the primary <laughs> thing I would be looking for. Okay. I'm a little concerned that with the the change in setting, like Predator is so tight. It's like you go into the jungle and then it's on, you're getting picked off and then you just have to survive. I'm worried that in a more conventional urban environment there's going to be pressures on the narrative of like well we have to get the government involved and there has there's going to be sort of more bureaucratic like Mm -hmm. side stories which i don't care about yeah i just want predator predator hunting and being hunted yeah um i think that's where the first movie is really successful and if you can take that formula and repeat it in a new setting that to me would be a successful sequel. Like I don't need like a dynamic layers. Like I don't need a a backstory to the predator. I don't need predator lore. I just need predation. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you want killing and want, hunting? Yeah. Okay. I want his face to go like, and that's great. Yeah, the mandibles extending. And yeah. Teeth and snarls and all and all that. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. I can't, I can't say 100% certain whether you'll get that or not. Okay. Uh, because I, I don't know if anybody remembers in watching the first one, after watching that movie, I went through and went to watch the sequels. It'd been a while since I'd watched The Predator. Let me go through watching sequels. I had a boatload of fun with it. I don't need to necessarily, we won't necessarily cover for the podcast. I'm ready to just go in and watch it. And I remember throwing it on like during a work from home day. And getting, like, halfway through the movie and being like, oh my god, I have not been giving this movie the attention that I want to give it. Which I do all the time. Like, you throw something on because you want something on in the background. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh shoot, no, I want to pay attention to this. This is either good or bad, and I need to see that through. I need to know either way. Yeah, and I, like, I want to pay attention to it because I don't want to miss the bad. Because at a certain point I found myself just like, half listening to the dialogue and then looking up when it sounded like there was commotion. I'm like, I don't want to watch this movie this way. Mm -hmm. So I've seen half to three quarters of this movie. 
And I think I liked what I saw of it from my recollection. Yeah, but you heard of it. Yeah. You've uh, seen 25%, you've heard 50%. Correct. 75% of the movie played. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, I gotta find a time later to like actually sit down and watch this. Like, no phone, no distractions, no work going on, and then just didn't. <laughs> so, like, I, I like forgot for the that week, and then other things took off, and then that was it. So... Uh, I have not seen this movie to completion, but I've seen a good amount of it. So I can't say for certain that I've never watched it like you did at the top. But I also can't really answer a lot of your questions uh, that you may have in the before part uh, beyond the first half. I do think there might be some lore uh, in this, given what I remember. But I feel like the later sequels are more lore heavy mm-hmm. because it became one of those series became one of those things of like, we have to justify our existence and we can't really just keep doing Predator show up. Same thing happens. So I don't know how this movie ends, but I know how they kind of tried to deviate a little bit in the future sequels, because I think now at this point, I've seen all of them except two to completion. Uh, and Predators, which is the Adrian Brody sequel from like the oh. mid 2010s, I want to say. Yeah. Um, but I have seen The Predator, which was the sequel in like the late 2010s, like I want to say like 2018. Uh, and that was garbage in a garbage movie that we'll never get to. Um, and the new sequel, Prey, technically a prequel, uh, is fantastic. So we'll we'll talk more about that in the after part. Just as a, like, here's what's left of the franchise. Mm -hmm. I can gush about that for a couple minutes. But I'm excited to watch it through to completion, as I wanted to that last time I tried, uh, and just didn't. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see. But I am looking for cool kills, cool hunting stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe some more gadgets from the Predator, because in the first one we got heat vision, maybe night vision. And yeah, the, the predator vision. Like, predator bah! vision. Yeah, yeah. Um, some more of that. More of some cool stuff, fun stuff. I do have some inklings as to the ending because I saw, I've seen things in like getting ready for prey and just doing research for the show, but uh, I've not watched the film to completion, so can't say for certain. All right. I don't really know what else to go over. I mean, so yeah, kind of a short. It's a, yeah, a little bit of a short intro, but, you know, the original is a really lean movie in a great way. That's something I'd like to see here, too. I think sequels tend to get more bloated, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping we, we stay lean. And in that spirit, that's really all I have. Yeah, this is a hour 48. Okay. And let me just compare to the first one is an hour 47. So we get a one more minute of blow. One more. Which I think we'll both be okay with. That's fine. I don't want to necessarily speak for you, but... I can live. One extra minute. That extra 60 seconds. I'm leaving. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to see the end of the movie either. Okay. I mean, you know what? That's par for the course. Both yeah. of us have not finished this movie. Um, <laughs> that'll work. So, yeah, I mean, the let me just double check. The director, I don't think, is the same. He is not. So. Is the director someone we'd know? Let me double check. They, they're known for some things, but they mix the known fours now. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. We've got A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. So they, they're no stranger to franchise okay, sequels. Yep. 
the, the Matt LeBlanc Lost in Space movie from 1998. Okay. Uh, a bunch of episodes of the first season of 24, which I think people really liked that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then TV, 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 lots of TV, including the 2020 The Fugitive of the same ilk as The Fugitive and U.S. Marshals we've been watching. Okay. But yeah, so it looks like just a, like a lot of TV stuff. And Predator 2 and Nightmare on Elm Street 5. All right. So no no stranger yeah, uh, Stephen did... Hopkins to franchise sequels. Mm-hmm. But guessing this did not launch him into give this man more work. Yeah, no. He's he's clearly not on the list for Predator, like any of the Predator sequels. They didn't tap him for his vast Predator knowledge to do AVP or AVP Requiem. So leaves the franchise uh, seemingly mm-hmm. from here. Uh, and then, yeah, not catapulted into the, the stratosphere of more franchise sequels that nobody asked for. Mostly because I can't imagine anyone's clamoring for Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Don't know, though. I don't know. Never got that far into the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then, since we've kind of covered our thoughts on the previous movie uh, and expectations for the next one, Bridget, what do you have to say for yourself? Fine. I'll watch it. All right, we are back. We have just finished watching 1990s sequel to The Predator, Predator 2. Bridget, you were on the hot seat for the original and have returned to said hot seat for the sequel as part of sequel September. But I want to know, how are you feeling after watching this movie? I don't know if I'm feeling anything. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, no. So... Let me backtrack. This movie was bananas. Mm-hmm. I feel like as we've gotten deeper into the month, the sequels have gotten a little bit zanier. I'd agree like, with that. And I think it's only going to get zanier from here. Just, like, <laughs> just a tease <laughs> just for later. Like, yeah. Some of the other things on the docket, I think, are a, a, bit, a bit zanier. zanier. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got what I wanted. You did. There's a lot of hunting. A lot, a lot of, of hunting. A lot of predatoring. A lot of predatoring. A lot of neon blood. Mm-hmm. I'm like a little in awe of this movie right now. Like okay. What I just experienced. This, I feel like, could rank with the original Predator. Okay. You know, 
It's different enough. This movie is a lot like the female detective in this movie in that it grabs you by the balls the first time it meets you. Uh And it doesn't hold your balls the entire time, but you do feel it. Yeah. And it checks in every once in a while on you, making sure your balls are okay. Yeah. (laughs) And if they are, they're not going to be. Yeah. You're going to get twisted a little bit more. You're going to get torsion off the chain. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Gary Busey. We've got Bill Paxton. We've got a lesser bad guy from The Patriot. Um, Adam Baldwin. (laughs) There's just... So much. And the thought I had immediately when the film started was it's this shot that sort of rolls up and you hear like the Sylvestri score, this sort of like heavy percussion, like and you're rolling up on palm trees. And you're like, what kind of jungle is this? And then it's just like Los Angeles. I was like, okay. Urban jungle. An urban jungle. I see. All right. And then. We go into the streets, and it's... The far-flung future of 1997. far-flung future of 1997. You know, we're we're in Reagan's nightmare. Mm. We're, we're losing the war on drugs. Yeah, gangs are, have completely taken over. They have. They have the heaviest of machine gunfire. Beautiful blonde female anchors cannot safely... <laughs> broadcast in the streets of Los Angeles any longer. No remotes on gang warfare for the pretty blonde lady. No, not at all. She's not here for the shit. And we meet, I think, every single stereotype of a gang member in that opening firefight. The, whatever and stereotypes we don't get, we get, we get in the next. We get covered later. Yeah, we get the in the gang. next gang, yeah. And then we get into white gangs on the subway. So, like, everybody is is covered eventually. Mm-hmm. Another check mark in this movie's favor. It's thoroughness. Yeah. <laughs> it's diversity. It really gets everything going. And I enjoyed that, you know, we're in the middle of this firefight. There's cars crashing. We're putting Kevlar vests over our crank windows in our Crown Vicks mm-hmm. and driving through. All the other cops are driving Chevy Lumina vans, which my mom drove in 1997. So. Uh, Right. And then, like, as I was starting to, like, I was starting to be like, where does this fall into the timeline of, like, Los Angeles and Rodney King and the riots? Like, where are we? Like, we haven't even gotten there in reality. You know, this movie is released in 1990. Yeah, so they don't even know about that. Rodney and theoretically, King. so much more shit is taking place in fictional Los Angeles between 1990 and 19... Or between 1987 and 1997 in the Predator universe. Yeah, like, this is just a sort of, like, early Reagan-Bush wet dream, like, put on celluloid. But, like, as I was starting to be like, hmm, let me think hard about this movie. No, the Predator is jumping from building to building, and it said, Bridget, don't fucking think too hard. Mm-hmm. This is how I was with U.S. Marshals last week, where in the very early part of the film basically said, hey, your brain, shut up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. We're here for spectacle. Yeah. To, don't even... No. It's beginning. And we're pretty much off to the races once the guys go in. It's so good. <laughs> I really like this movie. I can see why it has a cult following. Yeah. 
And I was also, like, I'm very physically tired right now. Mm. And, like, I felt like I did when I was a kid. And I was up late watching a movie I shouldn't have been. And, like, my body was telling me to sleep. But my my heart was telling me, but he's carrying a skull and a spine right now, Bridget. You're going <laughs> to fall asleep. You're going to close your eyes to this? No. No. Yeah, there were a couple times where I looked over because out of the corner of my eye, you looked really relaxed, <laughs> like really sunk into well, the couch. Well, I could really, I, I really had the couch to myself because normally Johnny like interrupts a full recline and I was like <laughs> going fully horizontal. Um, so I kept like checking over and being like, she didn't fall asleep, right? Because this is going to be a really weird after show. She fell asleep. <laughs> Though that would be a first for the podcast, is if somebody didn't like the film enough to fall asleep. Yeah, sleepy sequel September. Could you only imagine? Um, But every time I looked over, without fail, your eyes were wide and attentive. (laughs) Like, there was no... My body was just, like, sinking lower and lower, but, like, I just could not take my eyes off of the screen. I expected either full eyes closed, like, oh, crap, she fell asleep. We'll have to do this again another time. Or the head nod. Like, I was expecting one of those two each time I looked over. And no, just like ready to go, ready and raring, (laughs) eyes on the thing, like not blinking. (laughs) Just what's the predator going to do here? Who's who's he going to fuck up? What's he going to do to them? Where does he get his skull buffer? Like, (laughs) you know... Is that a Home Depot thing? Is that Lowe's thing? What do we? Did he do Harbor Freight for that? Like, I just need to know. That was your face throughout the whole movie. What is going on? Yeah. You know, it is. You have a little bit more like side story. Like, if you are not into the knockoff RoboCop setting that we've the movie finds itself in, yeah, I think a lot of it could be grating. But I think it does add something to the sort of formula of Predator picks this team off one by one of just, you know, having a lot of spices, a lot of flavors in the soup of the different gangs. You know, one is just like their their gang thing is that they love cocaine. Um, yeah, they do. One <laughs> is that they do voodoo. Jamaican voodoo posse. Jamaican voodoo posse. (laughs) One is that they are like British punks. Yeah, Subway Slice and Dice guys. Yeah. And that just puts this movie more into a kind of like horror slasher world, which is fun. Yeah, and the first one kind of has that too. Probably a little bit more so because theoretically going into watching Predator... You don't know what is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know you're getting a some kind of predator, but you don't know when you start that movie in 1987 what that is. Whereas here, you can't help but know when you walk into Predator 2, chances are you saw Predator. Or you saw a poster or your friend who you're going with is being like, dude, Predator, this is what it is. It's a crazy alien. It does all this stuff. So you go in knowing what you're going to get from the Predator, yeah. essentially. But... It just, it still kind of has a little bit of that, oh, you don't, like, where are they going to come from that the the slasher movies have? Because, like, you know who Mike Myers is. You know what he's going to do after the first movie. You know what he's after. But you don't know where he's going to come from. You don't know how he's going to get the kill. 
Mm-hmm. You don't know what he's going to do to these people. So to your point, yeah, it is. It, they all kind of fit in that. Uh, but this one is a little bit, I think, more stalkery than the first one because it's stalking so many different groups as opposed to the first one. It's really they're, they're stalking Dutch's team and maybe the like drug guys that Dutch's team is after mm-hmm. in Central America. Right. And for a big stretch of the movie, and in this movie too, it's Danny Glover versus the Predator. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Dutch versus Predator is much more like classic like man versus man he's like having to put things together and be clever whereas a lot of this and the kills before just sort of like something comes out of the leaves and it's like (laughs) um they all have a very similar style because they're all just in the jungle right Mm. whereas this you get the different settings and you can really get a sense of the fact that this director Directed Nightmare on Elm Street 5. You have the the drug den with the open ceilings that a body's hanging from. You have, like, the cocaine playground penthouse where the voodoo murder attempt happens. And there's a woman with enormous boobs. Yeah, it's like an Incan Mayan temple, temple. kind of decorative setting. Right, and... That has its own kind of spooky atmosphere. Mm-hmm. The the subway killing where we lose Bill Paxton and the strobe. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, ooh, <laughs> Like, that is like a, a strobe murder is like such a 90s trope, I feel like. Yeah, because like I think the strobe light was invented in 1988. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but... Uh, Hollywood might as well have done it because it was used a lot. If we can't show you the whole thing for either standards and practices reasons or effects budget reasons, Mm -hmm. a strobe light will get us to where we only have to show you every three shots or, you know, every, you know, three, 15, whatever frames of a person. And it doesn't have to look that great because whatever, you're, you're only seeing it in snippets and you're really seeing it in black and white for the most part. Yeah. So it is a little tropey, but it works here because the setting dictates it should be like this. Because that's subways can get flickery and stroby normally. You don't have to be like, okay, let's shoot out a bunch of the lights so they're flickering. Like, yeah. It doesn't feel as manufactured as some other strobe light scenes in movies that I'm sure we've all seen. Yeah. And there's just a lot of fun sets. I like when the predator goes up on the top of the building and stands on the gargoyle. Is like, mm-hmm. that was exciting. Eyes were fully dilated at that point. Yeah, he gets struck <laughs> by lightning on purpose. Yeah, like, whoa! The meat packing factory with the radiation and the all the water and there's, it's like. Got a faint blue glow. It's like kind of snowing from the radioactive particles. Mm-hmm. There's carcasses everywhere. Yeah. Everyone's in these like reflective silver jumpsuits with big giant nitrous canisters on their back. Right. I feel like the more we talk about this Predator 2 predicted rave culture and like really <laughs> like set kind of the tone, like this is what we're going for. Yeah. 
We're going for sparkly. We're going for neon. We're going for shiny. We're going for strobes. Yeah. And we're doing it all in a warehouse. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to end it. We're going to put the smoke machine on loud and fill this laser quest <laughs> spaceship up. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about laser tag a lot during this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it... it just got so mad that this doesn't exist but like a laser tag through the sets of predator 2 right would be so good like they do this stuff for like halloween horror nights where they're like all right we're gonna recreate the set from a horror movie Mm -hmm. and you walk through it as a haunted house okay do that but let me play laser tag uh, where the other team is like gang members yeah and my team is the paramilitary group but then put one guy in there in a predator suit and have him hunting everybody with a shoulder laser cannon. Done. Done. Yeah. Lines out the door forever. It's just me. It's <laughs> <laughs> just getting back in line, going yeah. in a circle. Yeah. I'm gonna quit my job. Yeah, there's just so much fun going on with this movie that, like, I'm not even gonna entertain any complaints about it. <laughs> just whatever. Well, that'll do it then for this week's episode. <laughs> Fine, I'll watch it. Remember, you can find every no. <laughs> Just like I don't even I, I get I have no space for it. Get out of here, critiques. <laughs> critiques. At the, at the, any kind of thought? No, I didn't take that many notes because I was just because you were enthralled. You I couldn't blink. Enthralled. You couldn't look away. Yeah. Yeah, I found myself not taking very many notes at the start, and then I was like, no, I want to make sure I got, like, some plot moments and, like, what order things happen in so we can reference mm-hmm. timeline things for the discussion. But I was also fully uh, invested because I d- wasn't invested the last time I tried to watch this movie, so I had to stick through it this time. Yeah, right. I can't imagine looking down and then trying to look back up at what, like, right? what is... You see my minute. predicament. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think I found myself either... Not paying attention to what was going on and missing elements of like, wait, who just got killed? Wait, who was that guy? What did he do? Did Danny say something before he got pulled in mm-hmm. by the Predator? Like, what was that? Or I was like, fuck, I really got to finish this project. Yeah. And I'm watching Predator too, <laughs> And don't want to look away. So that was the boat I found myself in, which is why I stopped the movie about halfway through and picked it back up. And I was all the better for picking it back up because yeah. it was a lot of fun. It was. Really enjoyed Bill Paxton. Did, okay. I admit, like, it, his character is a lot, but it just made me miss him as a performer because mm. I've seen him do understated, so I'm like, damn. I want over the top. <laughs> damn, like, I don't know, it's just sad. I'm also pregnant, so, like, th- strange things are making me <laughs> sad now. I'm like, Bill Paxton didn't have a long enough career. No, he, he didn't. He uh, wasn't allowed to really shine he is a little boisterous for me at certain points mm-hmm. uh especially when he's first introduced and he's got to get his quips in and his anecdotes and his semen and stool and urine why don't i just leave you in my underwear yeah. and he's like yelling he's like a full yeah you know, he's he's always at an 11 yeah everyone's at a six um so he's a little too amped up when the rest of the group isn't matching that dynamic so it it comes off worse as a result but once you see like one or two scenes of it, at least for me, I was like, okay, this is just this is just what he is. I'll either laugh at his jokes or I won't laugh at them, knowing they're meant to be dumb and stupid and 
misogynistic. And when he comes in and he's like, what is she on the rag? But he's like yelling it in this police station. It's like, okay, dude, calm down. That is funny, but stop. Okay, just calm down. <laughs> I Yeah. And I feel like it tones down as the movie goes on, too. You get less of it. Once Danny gets killed, then he's like, oh, shit. It's hitting home. It just hit a guy that I just started working with. I don't want to die. Jokes and fun are over. Mm -hmm. For me, at least, is what his thought process is. While we're on the subject of Bill Paxton, are you aware of the history he makes in this movie? Oh, because he's in an alien film as well. Is that the connection? So he is the first ever actor to be killed by an alien, a predator, and a terminator. Oh. I don't know how many people are on the two out of three list. Okay. But as of right now, and most of the articles that I double checked, because I knew that fact going in, um, that he was one of the people who's done this and forgot that it was this one. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if this list has been updated with anybody who may have died in Prey, mm -hmm. but there's only two people, other like him included, that have had all three done. The second one was Lance Hendrickson, and he didn't get killed by an alien until Alien vs. Predator, or the other way around. He didn't get killed by a predator until Alien vs. Predator, because he was one of the androids in Aliens, Okay, and he was, I think, the Doctor in one of the Terminators, I believe. I don't remember his exact yeah. role, but he's the other person. Okay. But Bill Paxton would have been the first, because this movie came out in 1990, and Alien vs. Predator was not until the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. So still a very short list, even if somebody got added to it, but he was the first. Oh. So. See, again, like... History maker. Should a have history had more maker, we lost him. Like, he never had a chance to be killed by Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers. And for that, as a nation, we should weep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I don't know, I just... He seemed fun. The scene when they're at the bar and he's flirting with that woman who's, like, dancing with someone else. Mm -hmm. and he goes to cut in, like, hey, this is my sister. You're not my sister. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it would have worked on me. It was a very smooth one. I mean, she was into the dancing already because he's true. just a, he's a was, handsome young man. But She was giving him the eye. Yeah. And then when he I said was... the line, she melted, yeah. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a good line. It's a good line. And that other guy must have been nobody. Because, like, that doesn't work if that's her boyfriend or her husband. That only works if he's just a random stranger at the bar. Mm -hmm. You can overtake a different random stranger. Yeah. Gary Busey. Not enough of him, I feel like. Or at least he's not very Gary Busey-ish. No, I did read this was the first role he took after that bad motorcycle accident. Hmm. So he may have been... Toning it down a feeling, bit. Feeling just subdued physically. Mm -hmm. I like that... They have to introduce this sort of jurisdictional subplot of his team is coming in and taking over the crime scene and Danny Glover's team is all bent and trying to figure out like what the deal is. I like that we don't spend too much time on it. No, because Danny Glover is a, a loose cannon who doesn't want to listen to authority anyway. Right. So he's ready and raring to completely disregard their existence in order to get get some tough right. answers. And I don't like... I like... 
I don't even want to engage in it. And then Gary Busey's character is like, I also don't care either. I have to go back to the meat factory and put my rave suit on. Mm -hmm. To catch a predator. To catch a predator. So I like that there's like not time wasted of like of them butting heads. I don't care. I don't, that's I don't, that's not the two people I want to see fight in this movie. Yeah, I want to see you versus a predator, not you versus another guy. A subdued Gary Busey. A subdued Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah. He's not even at his zaniest. That's no. I would watch Danny Glover versus the zaniest version of Gary Busey, not the subdued version. Yeah, yeah. Very zany Danny Glover though. He's at. A 12. Yeah, he's throwing everything out. Uh, The thing I do love about the subplot with the jurisdiction, which is, A, that's par for the course in any kind of cop movie Mm -hmm. with big stakes. Yeah. Uh, So therefore, if it wasn't there, you'd be like, come on, where's the the bureaucratic rigmarole, (laughs) even just to acknowledge that it exists? Yeah. Like, you couldn't have a serial killer murder spree in the hottest city Los Angeles that's a war on everything and not have some feds try to come in and clean it up or take credit for whatever. So it would have seemed out of place if it wasn't there. But having it be there also means that they're acknowledging that the first movie happened because otherwise you'd sit there going, how come nobody knows about these predators? Like, how come there were survivors at the first one that were all connected militarily one way or the other. Again, I don't remember if they were active military or, you know, a militia paramilitary outfit. Yeah. But they're connected. They would have been able to go to an old friend who's a general and been like, I saw some shit. It was it went down. It was terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. <laughs> um, but, you know, like they would have they would have been survivors. They would have talked to somebody. Somebody in the government would have known about the existence of this extraterrestrial life form. Uh, So having this subplot there for him to basically give the overview of the first movie three quarters of the way through was a nice touch uh, and a twofold reasoning why it's good to have that subplot there. Because I know you were worried that we were going to get too much bureaucratic rigmarole. Yeah. And it was going to be all about jurisdiction and paper, you know, paper trails and handholding. But it wasn't. It was just like, no, fuck that. All right. They're here because they have to be for plot. Yeah. Armor. We need to then have... Their little outpost trailer and yeah, that's seemingly right at the top of the roof where it needs to be at the end of the movie. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but yeah, no. Danny Glover is he is out there. He is doing Lethal Weapon to a certain extent, which I think the producer of this movie. He's doing Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. It's like a combo of the two. Yeah. Um, where like he's still kind of like an an old grizzle that I don't give a fuck kind of thing, but he's more of a renegade like. Uh, rigs. Yeah. So, I think the producer on this movie also worked on Lethal Weapon, which is why Busey's here, uh, Glover's here, and one other actor I saw on Mm -hmm. the list is also a Lethal Weapon alum. Did you see... Because they had gone back to Schwarzenegger, I read, trying to get him to return, but there was a pay dispute, Mm -hmm. and so... Because he would have commanded the biggest amount of money in the world because he would have been a megastar that he wasn't three years prior. I mean, he still would have been a megastar three years prior, but now... Now it's just, yeah. He didn't plateau. He kept climbing in star power. Yeah. So the next person that they went to, they talked to Steven Seagal. Mm Mm-hmm. But he had some 
notes about his character. He was like, I want them to be a CIA agent, like mentalist. A CIA and, psychiatrist. Yep. And a martial arts expert. And the producers must have seen the writing on the wall of like, no. Yeah, the director was just like, nah, thank you, but no thank you. Yeah, um, that's not really our vision. No. Because you're not doing kung fu karate kicks on a predator. No. Like, gun fu, sure. Gun, yes. If you want it like a Keanu Reeves, John Wick, uh, John Woo type of character, that could work. Like, you could do some kicks and some punches and some spins and whatever, but you need to hold a gun, too. Like, mm-hmm. you're, this isn't the ending of Karate Kid. Like, you're not sweeping the leg in a crane stance here. Like, No. Not, it's not going to work. No. The original thing, just because we're, we're talking about it, it mm-hmm. wasn't just Arnold returning, but it was also going to be Arnold paired with another cop or somebody else to work this beat, and that would have been Patrick Swayze. I did see that, too. So, well, that's who he envisioned. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know that they ever approached him. Probably not when Schwarzenegger fell through. But I, I did read they did try to get him, but he was injured after Roadhouse. Mm. He was nursing injuries from Roadhouse, so he was not ready to take on a role that would be as physical as this one. That makes sense. So. And, it, and if he was injured and wanted to do a more subdued role like Busey did after an injury... That's not the Swayze you want for this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. You want him doing Roadhouse with guns. Like. Yeah. And you might not have gotten that. You might have gotten Point Break, which again, good. Mm-hmm. We all enjoyed Point Break. But this, I think, would have needed a, an extra an extra kick, you know, up a notch, yeah. as it were. And he might not have been able to do that in that regard. I guess he would have gone on to do Ghost instead. Because Ghost is 90 or 91. Yeah, so that allowed him to sit at a pottery wheel. It's not very as action focused, yeah. so that was probably a good choice. Yeah, for he was him. icing his knee under the wheel. Yeah. You just can't see it; it's off, off camera. Well, and he's a ghost, so you know. <laughs> that's true. Very lightweight, very yeah. easy on your joints. You can float. You don't have to walk. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Great for the being dead is great for the. <laughs> <laughs> so good for your muscles. It's so good. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard to picture any of those. The people that we've mentioned in the role, even Arnold, put in this setting, to me, does not make sense. Yeah, he stands out too much for a, in like an urban jungle environment mm-hmm. uh, because he would be massively bigger, both star power and size-wise, mm-hmm. to everybody else in the movie. No offense to the cast, but this feels like a sequel cast versus the original because you don't have... A presence like Arnold Schwarzenegger leading the bill, even though Danny Glover's no slouch and he's a great actor and would have had really big star power coming off with the weapon uh, and doing this, but he's not Arnold in the 80s, 90s. Um, So I I think he would have stood out too much. Mm -hmm. And also, like, what's he going to, is the the hardcore news guy going to get up in his, Arnold Schwarzenegger's face and be like, tell me the nitty gritty on this case. Like, no. Right. You're not. And it would be unbelievable if you were. Because you'd be scared shitless of that dude. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you can interrogate local, quote unquote, average Joe, Danny Glover cop. Mm -hmm. I would also, I did read that they had to make the initial rating that this movie got when it was released or like sent to the MPAA was NC-17. It was like one of the first movies to get that 
mm. rating because you're like this is the point where they're transitioning. They're like an X-rated movie doesn't make sense. So, you know, we'll do NC-17 for shit that's like ultra violent, ultra gory. So it initially got an NC-17, and then they went and did cuts. And so I would imagine there are a lot of sequences like when the Voodoo Posse gang or whatever their name is, their leader, King Willie, mm-hmm. Uncle Willie, yeah. <laughs> Willie Nelson, when he is killed, I really liked that sequence. It felt like very atmospheric and spooky, and it cuts like from him screaming to his head in the predator's hands, and then he's it's his skull getting washed off. Mm-hmm. I would love to see the NC-17 version of that. Like, I would love to see the NC-17 cut of this movie. Yeah, I feel like ones I can envision being included that we don't ultimately see would be that. Mm-hmm. The guy falling off the roof in the very beginning, like the very first Predator takeout that we see. Yeah, I feel like you probably see him hit the table yep. with some blood coming out, maybe. Mm-hmm. I feel like we might also get Busey's death. Yes. Um, that seems like a thing that you could conceivably show, because there's a lot of blood in that. There is but I imagine you being able to see the torso separate would probably have been a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also might be something that would have been there. Uh, I can't really think of anything else where it's like, Ooh, they clearly toned that down or they clearly cut away. So we didn't see it. Those are the biggest, mm-hmm. like, uh, I wanted to see that moments, yeah. but it also could have just been a lot more blood or a lot more. You see them being hung up in the ceiling or you see skin being pulled off of, the first guy in the like the drug kingpin's penthouse. Yeah. When we that's the first time we see someone skinned like or skinless because Bill Paxton turns yes. and he's like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. I could see the subway strobe light sequence when they there's mm. still people in it. Cause there was one shot where the nerdy guy, you see him like kind of getting killed. He's like, oh! <laughs> like I think we I think the Nana who pulled a gun probably mm-hmm. got murked like everybody who had pulled a gun in that scene earlier like i think got mangled in a gruesome way but maybe also bill paxton's uh spine being ripped out might have been a thing that we saw yeah like a close-up visceral like uh-huh. all right your new your new dude murdered same thing with danny like one of those two murders probably also would have been visible mm-hmm. though danny's i do like the fact that you just see the necklace drop and the blood drop onto it i do that's a nice it would have been early for a spine pull yeah so by the time we work up to spine pulling i feel like maybe we would have got a more definitive like <sighs> right so if you have the nc-17 cut please dm us yeah it dropbox doesn't... us let me double check i'm not seeing any immediate mm-hmm. things that say that there's an extended cut I mean, there's people, it looks like people asking, uh, you know, will the, in 2020, like, oh, will the uncut ever be released? Uncut, like people just, you know, people asking for it. So it doesn't seem like it ever got released. Okay. Um, but I think the deleted scenes might still be kind of around. And So what you're telling me is I need to march on Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else who's posting to Quora or whatever. Yeah. About... It's a mix of Quora, Reddit, and Yahoo yeah. Answers. <laughs> Yeah, so it seems like, you know, there's descriptions of things that were there. So I'm sure Scuttlebutt and early internet nerd culture, mm-hmm. you know, probably would have been like, okay, I like who's got the real to real version of this 
stashed somewhere in a warehouse or who has access to the 20th, 20th Century Fox lot mm-hmm. to get the work print that maybe has the unfinished special effects or whatever. Like, I, I just want to, I need to see it. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure there's early, early internet scuttlebutt has <laughs> yeah. persisted for 30 odd years. That's going to be like my... Your holy grail. My holy grail. We'll have to do more digging. There yeah. might be there might be some have stuff the Predator there. Two diary. Yeah, there's um, lots of pictures of that. Lots of pictures of like the just stick and... figures of like no heads, cut like in half. Yeah. Just uh, like Bill Paxton line drawn spine removal question mark. <laughs> um, we did get an innovation in the Predator's abilities. Like we see some weapons upgrades. There's like a. A murder frisbee and... I don't like the murder frisbee. The effects on that have not aged well. No, they haven't. But I like I, it's fun. It just floats on a string. Like <laughs> You can clearly tell it's just like dancing on a string uh, as it slices through the, you know, the cow carcasses and ultimately Gary Busey. I like that, though. <laughs> like... Yeah, there's it, something it schlocky sci-fi about schlocky it. Schlocky sci-fi and like there's... Something about, if it feels too slick, if it feels too well done, sometimes you don't enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. Like, it gives it a little bit of, like, an otherworldly, well, obviously a predator weapon would be able to move weird. like this yeah. and, like, not be beholden to actual physics. Plus, if it doesn't do that, it would probably be a blink and you'll miss it. Like, because a predator would be able to throw a frisbee super fast and super quick, and it would just be, it would just cut through everything, and you just watch carcasses fall. Mm-hmm. A second later, like a a sword fight in a like a samurai movie or mm-hmm. a shinobi thing, where it's just like, you know, they do the quick cut, boom. and then you just watch the body slide apart in three pieces. Right. So it would be one or the other. I guess it's cool to watch it go yeah. through. Um, he has a kind of. Spear stick. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the staff, javelin Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, He has his medicine. Yeah. That he mixes up in the apartment. We see some of them. Do we see some of the medicine in the first one? Or am I just conflating other Predator movies? I I don't remember it in the first one. I thought there was like a quick, oh, I'm fixing this cut with the gun. But that honestly could be any of the other Predator movies. Yeah, not in the same, like, a, like... Yeah, this it, is way more involved. This is, like, way more involved, and he's pulling the plaster out of the wall to make it, and it's neon blue. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. But my favorite new Predator ability that we get is fetus fishing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ultrasound scanning technology, basically. Yeah, dude, gender reveal Predator. <laughs> There you go. There's your new idea, everybody. Forget the gender reveal parties that burn down half of Hollywood. You need to have a guy dressed up as the Predator come lift your wife in the air, look at her belly, and then, like, throw a pink or blue smoke bomb on the ground. Right. (laughs) No, if it's a boy, you mix plaster with fire and blue goop. Yeah. And then, oh, it's a blue fire, and now it looks like a sterno can. Uh, Or you uh, something pink, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) You throw a frisbee and it cuts open a pinata and there you things go. come out of it. A lot of bubblegum <laughs> cigars. Your reaction to that was great because I, I saw him lift her into the air and I saw the heat vision start to pan down and I knew what was happening. I turned to look at you and you're just like, like mouth agape, eyes fixated, and then you go, 
did he just show a fetus? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's no follow-up. Like, she's fine. Yeah, she's... I guess that was a bridge too far to kill a pregnant lady. Yeah, but... well, the and I don't know if we get this established. We kind of get it established in this movie without saying it. I don't think we get it established in the first movie. But the Predator only kills the things it thinks are a threat. Okay. So, like, it didn't kill the the like the big titted girlfriend True. because she's not a threat she had no weaponry and no. she was cowering in the corner she, she never tried to her, fight her enormous fake rack yeah that's it and so also the cop now has lost her weapon and the baby is unarmed and harmless yeah so we can't kill the baby i think it might have killed the cop if it didn't have the baby mm-hmm. but the baby is an innocent and that's not what the predator is here for the predator is a hunter of other predators not the species but the term yeah (laughs) the concept of a predator Mm -hmm. what a gentleman Mm. another reason to just puts her down gently walks away gotta go and just in case you miss it the paramedic is like this woman is pregnant (laughs) yeah dude we all just saw it i mean i guess you gotta say it because they weren't here for it but it just seemed really heavy. Like, did you blink? Did you look at... Were you in the bathroom? Yeah. There's a fetus in her. Yeah. That was not her <laughs> large intestine. It was a baby. It was a baby. <laughs> yeah, and then she's just gone from the movie. There's yep. no... Ooh, was it Danny the Cops? Was it Danny Glover's? Was it Bill Paxton's? No. Was it... It doesn't... It doesn't matter. We don't even know if she has a husband or a boyfriend. Or, or a one night stand. I feel or like girlfriend. they were implying or, a girlfriend. You know, was this a surrogacy thing? Was yeah. this in vitro? We don't know. We don't care. Out of the movie, goodbye. Yeah. She's safe to raise her baby in the hellscape that is 1997 Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of innovations. Yeah, ultimately what we get uh, as the new thing for him, though, is infrared vision. Yes. Because that is smart on the part of Gary Busey's team. To be like, all the research we have from the one interaction we've been able to get eyewitness accounts of mm-hmm. says they see via infrared. Because our guy on the ground covered himself in mud and disappeared and they weren't able to find him. So it totally worked out. Uh, but then the Predator's like, oh no, I actually got like all the spectrums. I can yeah. do it all. And he was just cycling through heat, night, something else probably, and landed on infrared and was able to see... The lights, which was a really cool sequence of him just being like, oh, fuck, there's, there is something there. The way yeah. that everybody else, the whole movie and series freaks out because they hear something or they feel a presence that they can't see. Yeah. So that was a cool, like, switcheroo on him, yeah. which I liked a lot. Yeah, the final fight is extensive, but fun, you yeah. know? I mean, yeah, it goes for, it, it goes across a couple different sets. Mm-hmm. But it basically starts from when Danny, right before Danny Glover even gets to finding out about the, uh, like what the team is that Gary Busey's ahead of. Right, you're right. Because it he, he's driving. Yeah, because he drives the car up to the roof because he's following the predator. So while we take a brief five minute exposition rest, <sighs> the final battle basically starts before. Danny Glover sees him in the subway with oh, he sees Bill Pullman's spine. Yes. And he's crawling up and he gets in the car and he chases him and he's whipping around. Yeah, so it basically starts there. Um, And then, then he gets 
stopped and interrupt for an exposition break, Gary Busey says, the fucking alien. And <laughs> do you go, hmm? And the whole, the whole plan rigmarole is explained and then you get to see it fail and you get to see Danny Glover not care and go in guns a blazing. Yeah. This is also where we get, we've covered two sequels and this is the first, I think, really explicit callback in the form of a catchphrase that we've gotten. When he takes the Predator's mask off mm. and he says, uh, you're one ugly, and the Predator comes back, like, motherfucker. Yeah. And, like, that interaction is a callback to the first one when we first see its face open up and do the butterfly kind of mandible. Mm-hmm. Thing. Show off its pussy face. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't noticed that at any other point. Uh, maybe because we hadn't had the mask off. But when he said it, I was like, oh, yeah, no, they're not even trying to hide that. No, <laughs> absolutely not. In comparison to the, the xenomorph in Alien, which is like just a big shaft. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're, that's that's why they're why opposed. They're, yeah, one's from Mars, enemies. one's from Venus. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think we never get that sort of thing. Like, we don't see it in Jaws 2, right? We never get a smile, you son of a bitch. Or I mean, Brody does say, oh my god, we're doing another Jaws. But I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like that's it. Um, yeah, no, no, nothing in U.S. Marshals that I can think of that was like a, a direct line mm-hmm. reference or catchphrase callback. Yeah. So, yeah. So, felt notable. But clearly works on its own because it didn't even trigger that for me. Right. Which, there you go. So from there, we go from inside the meatpacking building to the roof of the meatpacking building. And that's where he throws him off. fighting, and he throws him off. That's where he gets the Predator disc, and he cuts his arm off so that he can't set the bomb off yeah the bomb seemed like it was a self-timer countdown and we never got an explosion so that almost seems more like a an error like a, a whoopsie daisies mm-hmm. but uh yeah that was seemingly why yeah maybe because it's detached it doesn't have the body heat to keep it yeah working or, like or whatever in the middle i don't know yeah um and that's when predator falls into the bathroom we have a quick like health boost moment mm-hmm. danny glover shimmies down the old lady's great the old lady harold there's, there's someone in the bathroom i was <laughs> trying to make out what the final jeopardy question was too i like couldn't couldn't oh, hear enough oh it. Uh, it was who became somebody became queen because they married this king but had never stepped foot in the country something to that effect okay. i know i was also listening for that because i wondered if maybe that would be somehow a reference to and maybe the king was the king of whatever country they were in in the first... I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it was something about a woman who had never stepped foot in a country becoming queen of it because she married this king. And I think they might have said a name or they might have said the country, but not the king's name or yeah. vice versa. Yeah, but I like that goofy little bit in the apartment. is is so fun. Her with the broom. When he busts out Looney Tune style. Mm-hmm. And leaves the predator-shaped holes in the walls, practically. 
And then Danny Glover coming through like, don't worry, I'm police. Because <laughs> I, I don't think he gives a shit. <laughs> Great line, because he absolutely doesn't. He sure does not. Um, and she can see that he's been put through the ringer. So she's like, yeah, I mean, like I just watched him bust through walls like the giant monster from the Muppets. Right. Sweetums. <laughs> Sweetums. Uh, that's how the Predator walks in this movie. I don't know if it's the same guy inside the suit or whatever, but like. He's lumber when in that moment specifically because he's injured. Mm-hmm. He just like lumbers through and it's just pushing walls down. Right. And that was my first thought. I was like, oh my god, it's Sweden's from the Muppet movie. Yep. Um, but she sees that he doesn't give a shit about walls and structure, and then looks Danny Glover up and down. I was like, clearly he doesn't give a shit about you either, because look what you've been through. Right. Then we're going through the apartment building and just seeing holes in various apartment dwellers be like what's going on Danny Glover like get back in your apartment I, I love I I love that sort of sequence in a movie of like neighbors being like what's going on and then some man being like get back inside I don't know we had that in US Marshals last we week did. where the guy we was did. like oh no don't yeah, come back sorry, like, <laughs> it delights me every time I'm a, a woman of simple tastes <laughs> very, uh, very easy a to woman get a of laugh. the land yeah <laughs> pure simple folk um then we're in the elevator shaft, down to the spaceship, final laser quest platform. Yeah, hands to hand combat. Combat. Because he's just fighting. Because at this point, he's lost all the Predator's lost his shoulder cannon, his camouflage has been damaged, he's been shot multiple times, one arm was cut off. He is just fighting with the twin blades from his one gauntlet he's got left. Mm hmm. And the room is filled with smoke. Again, it's neon orange now. All kinds of cool glyphs and architecture on the wall. That looks really sweet. Very alien looking, which was nice. as good set design. Uh, Did you notice the Easter egg in this scene? I did. The little xenomorph skull. Not the little, but... Yeah, it's a pretty big xenomorph skull. It's a pretty big one. Um, This was in... Originally just an Easter egg. Right. Because Stan Winston worked on both. So they were like, oh, cool, we'll put in the other otherworldly creature that Stan did, Xenomorph, boom. Never had any plans for any crossovers, never wanted it to be in the same universe, never had an inkling of that until 10 years later. When they were like, oh, shoot, we could do this, make some money, and there's already technically an in-universe connection that the Predators have run into the Xenomorphs before. So... What started out as an Easter egg spawned two uh, bad movies. <laughs> wow. Anything it, is possible could, oh, in anything Hollywood. Anything is possible in Hollywood. <laughs> if you just dream big. Yeah. You too can turn an Easter egg into just crap. Just, just <laughs> garbage. Just unmitigated crap. But a nice touch nonetheless. And probably would have been really cool in 1990. Right. To be like, oh, fuck. Like, chances are maybe you, if you like one, you like both. Mm-hmm. As a sci-fi fan, you'd be like, oh, fuck, yeah, you see the Xenomorph? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, then this would have been before you saw it on VHS or before websites pointed out 10 things you may have missed. Right. I was going to say, there's something more satisfying about an Easter egg from this time period. Like, before it be- has, like, now it has become an expectation mm-hmm. of, I think, movies. Yeah, like, you got to pull in... over every meticulous right. part of every single thing. And 
It's, yeah. it, it is nice to discover the answer yourself rather than being just pointed to it and mm-hmm. being like, here's a thing you might recognize. It's just like, no, there's stuff on the wall. Oh, fuck, a Xenoskull? Hell yeah. Yeah, and it's like, this is meant for someone who already knows and is like in the know versus anyone who can read a BuzzFeed article yeah. 48 hours after the movie's release. Mm-hmm. If um, not sooner. Right. It's like uh, the day of... If not before. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, seriously, True. I see these lists at midnight, the movie comes out, and thankfully I saw it at 8 o'clock the day before as part of, like, preview night, but then I see the thing at midnight that's just like, here's the spoilers that you may have missed that connect to all the other things, I'm just like, yo, give people a chance before the algorithm throws us in their face. Yeah. And, you know, it's just one, really. Mm-hmm. It's just that truly... You have to know what you're looking at to to get it. And it's not like, there's at no point, there's no, like, shift in the score or anything to be like, hmm. Yeah, you don't hear the the little alien theme twinkle in or anything like that. It's just, nope, if you know it, it's there on the wall. And it's there for the remainder of the scenes because every once in a while he'll pass by the room and it'll still be there. Yeah. So it gives you the chances to even see it. It's not like some where it's a blink and you'll miss it. True. Little cameo, essentially, from a prop. Yeah. And was a nice change of pace from Easter eggs that seemed to scream Easter egg mm. from being put in and just the expectation of Easter eggs in current movies. Yeah. Yeah, it was. it's more fun. Not that it's not fun now, but I feel like it was more fun back then. Mm-hmm. Because there wasn't a discourse around it. Right. Uh, or even still, like nowadays, there's a discourse around it. You see it and you kind of groan a little bit because you're like, okay, yes, I also know who Captain America is. Right. Or there are people who are like putting Easter eggs together that are like not there, that are like, this is a reference to, and you're like, no, no it's it's not. It's a car. <laughs> it's a car. <laughs> it's just a Pontiac. I know the other movie had Pontiacs too, but they're just... It's just a brand. Like, yeah, the license plate's actually the comic that the character came from, sure. But the rest of the car is just, just a Pontiac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going too far. Yeah. Yeah. Take a note from Predator 2, everyone. Mm-hmm. Just, just throw it in. Just nice and subtle. Don't even worry about it. Don't draw attention to it. Just, it's all, it's all fine. Uh, but then, yeah, so he ultimately kills the Predator. Takes him out with uh, his own disc right to the gut sternum area and doesn't twist the knife, but he, he digs in pretty yeah. good. And he scoops it. Yeah, he gets his uh, he gets a couple of digs in in terms of you know he's got a couple of quips there at the end, and then and the predator's just just dead, mm-hmm. and then eight more predators. <laughs> How did you feel about the the tribe? I was shocked by that. I was like, uh oh. Oh, how do we get out of this one? Where did they come from? That's another fun bit. They all have their own look. Yeah. Their own little outfit, sort of choices. As you would in a tribe, you know, depending on your kills, depending on your rank, depending on your level of experience, you would have different trinkets and keepsakes and badges and sashes and all kinds of things in any kind of tribe grouping whether it's cub scouts girl scouts native americans with like dozen predators aliens whatever there's stuff that you would make it your to make it your own it's true and then they just take their friend's body away and 
That's gave it. him a flintlock pistol from 1718 mm-hmm. with a name on it. And then they just fuck and out of Delini, there. yeah. And then they just are gone. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I'm not like a big Predator lore guy, having mm-hmm. seen almost all of the movies now. Uh, I will go back and watch the one I haven't seen for real this time. <laughs> um, but I don't get the sense that this was anything more than just... We don't do revenge. We do hunting. You killed the hunter. He clearly sucks as a result. Like, you're clearly the better person. You won this battle. We're going to leave now. We may come back to hunt you because now you're clearly a threat that needs to be taken seriously. But we got to prep for that. We're not taking you out eight on one. That's not our style. Mm -hmm. That's not what we do, seemingly. So we're just going to fuck out of here and maybe we'll come back and get you. Maybe we won't. Uh, it's never covered in another movie. I don't know if there's a comic out there that does it mm-hmm. or what, but... Okay. Thankfully for Danny, they're, that's not the type of people they are. They're they're very much like sharks, is they don't do vendettas. They don't. <laughs> as far as we can tell, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and the movie the movie ends with Danny Glover coming out of the... Getting off the spaceship, coming out of the tunnel, like, just covered in, in dust. Mm-hmm. So and ash and mm-hmm. sewer particles and... Probably some radiation. And... Yeah, and Gary Busey's sidekick comes out, like, flies over in a helicopter, like, what did you do? We almost like, had him. <laughs> you ruined my birthday, you <laughs> asshole. And that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, he says, he says we almost had him. This was our chance. And Danny Glover says, like, you'll get another chance or something. Oh, okay. Basically being like, they gave me this flintlock pistol. They'll be back. They were here three hundred years ago. They, they'll they'll be here again. And... Yeah, they're clearly coming back to you. Don't worry, you'll get your shot. Now you know they do infrared as well. Mm-hmm. So update the manuals and try again next time. Right. <laughs> I could have done without that part of it. I like the him walking out amongst the flames and the debris just to helicopter spotlight and cop cars. Mm-hmm. I didn't need the little they'll be back speech essentially. <laughs> But it's whatever. It's fine. Yeah. You gotta leave it open for... For more. Yeah, leave the door just ajar. Mm-hmm. Though it'll be another 20 years before we get we get more in the main line Predator. It's true. Uh, the, the rest of that time is filled by two pieces of absolute garbage, if we <laughs> mention uh, an alien versus Predator. Uh, but 2010 is Predators, uh, and then 2018 is The Predator. One is good from what I've heard, which I haven't seen, which is Predators, and The Predator is also hot garbage. Okay. Uh, And then Prey in 2022, which is a really, really good movie that does actually have connections to this one in the form of that pistol. Oh, oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's worth watching all of them. Um, Again, because one of them I hear is good, so I'm going to watch it, so I have to say it's worth watching. Uh... (laughs) The Predator is bad, but it's worth watching if you want to find out that the Predator thinks that autism is a superpower and therefore wants autism, which is the plot of The Predator. Oh, that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> that you've said enough. Yeah. It's... I don't... It's, that's the sort of thing that I don't need. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> I like... I just need him jumping from building to building and... No, the whole thing is like autism is the next step in evolution and the predator senses that and wants its... Okay. Some little boy's autism. It, 
it makes no sense. It was really dumb. And it ends with like the humans developing a predator Iron Man costume as like the, huh? You want to see this, right? And everyone collectively said, no, thank you. Um, so it's real bad. Watch one of those, like, how crappy is this movie YouTube channels that okay. exist and watch it. Watch their I can't even be on mic. I, ha- I have to put my head in my hands. Okay. Uh, and then Prey is what if a predator came across during Native American times. Which is a very, and it's a very cool concept and a very good movie. And it was universally beloved and should spawn more what if a predator was in different time periods. Right. See, that's the model. That's the model. Like, what if a predator was in Los Angeles in 1997? Yeah. Feudal Japan. Uh, you know, Roman times. Uh, ancient Egyptian times. Do it like, do it the Assassin's Creed model of pick a time period, throw a predator in there. The French Revolution. Watch him figure it out. Prohibition. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, just, like Honestly, like there isn't a time period you wouldn't go. The Great Depression, the Atomic Age, all of them. I just want to see. Far flung future. I, You know. I, that scares me. But like you could do it. I like the near flung future of <laughs> 1997. I don't want to do a lot of flunging. I just, it's a short trip. <laughs> Little hops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that seemingly is where the Predator franchise is, okay. is headed. Or it's or it's dead for another 10 years and someone right. will make a crappy sequel after that. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, who knows? Because they're 20th Century Fox, right? Well, they are now Disney because they are 20th, 20th Century, Century Studios. Yes. Okay. It's honestly surprising we've gotten as many sequels as we have because this movie did not do well. Uh, it was critically panned. Yeah. Uh, which I both get and am surprised by. Because I had fun with it. You had fun with it. I did, yeah. But if you're Roger Ebert, you're looking at this with a critical eye. He still gave it two two out of four, which I feel like is generous for for Roger. Yeah, so I could easily see why, you know, stuffy newspaper critics of 1990 would have been, like, thumbing their noses up at it. Yeah. But I'm sure, you know, audience scores were fine. But it didn't make a lot of money. It cost about 20 to 30 million and only made 57.1. That's a loss or at the very least a break-even point. Mm Mm-hmm. With marketing all of that, so it's certainly a up and down franchise. But these two are pretty. These are two I think so far have been the closest original to sequel in terms of enjoyment. Yeah. Where I enjoyed all three sequels so far, but these two I think are a little bit closer in terms of how I would rank them. The gap between yeah. them is. It's still one and two original and sequel, but it's closer than Jaws, Jaws 2 or Fugitive U.S. Marshals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of that, I don't know, like, in my own opinion, like, I'm still, I'm going to rank Jaws and the Fugitive. Like, I really enjoyed the first Predator, but much higher than Predator 1, mm. which was, you know, I saw it for the first time recently and it was a pleasant surprise. And that was the same experience with this movie. What a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. What a treat. Yeah. So we're, we're closing the gap. Or we're going to open it, throw that bitch wide open. Yeah, we might blow week. the gap. <laughs> blow, it, blow it open like the predator walking out of the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have some options on the list that could definitely, <laughs> that could definitely do that. And I haven't even seen all of them. And I know that the even the ones I haven't seen have a tendency to probably like, go that direction. Uh-oh. If conventional wisdom has anything to say about it, these are not going to be close. No. <laughs> we need again. We need a couple of shitty ones on there. 
It needs to happen. God, I'm dreading it. Uh, cool. Well, I mean, anything else that you want to go over? Any uh, fa- any particular favorite quips or lines of dialogue from either a human character or any particular favorites from the Predator, like motherfucker or shit happens? <laughs> Bridget's shaking her head very hard. No. <laughs> Can you hear the shake? Hold on. Let me get my bun to swing back and forth. Um, do you want some candy? Mm, that was weird. Is what he says. He does, because the kid says it to him. Because the kid says it to him. I do love the kid running back. Mom, I saw a ghost. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, didn't didn't write a lot of quips down. The quips feel very physical. Mm. They're like dismemberment and decapitation and what have you. Yeah, I think the only ones I wrote down was the, I'm a cop. I don't think he gives a shit. Yep. Uh, him calling him a pussy face. Yeah. The Predator saying motherfucker with his weird raspy repeating skill. And I I honestly think that was it. Yeah, I think that was it. So okay. Not a ton of quips, but some good ones. I laughed at it. Pretty good at a few of them, so. Yeah. Ain't bad. Okay. All right. Well, um, that'll do it then. For this week's episode of Fine I'll Watch It, remember you can find every episode of Fine I'll Watch It every Thursday morning on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of the Predator franchise, what you think of Predator 2, which is your favorite Predator movie, and which is your favorite Predator sequel. Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, we still got a few weeks left in sequel September, uh, so we hope to have Johnny back from vacation for the very next episode, uh, though we haven't locked down again what we're going to be covering, but if we've covered it on the show so far and it has a sequel, we're open to it. So uh, make sure to stay tuned to the socials for updates on what's coming next, as well as your podcast feed, where it comes out, like I said, on Thursdays. Uh, but once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening. Thank you.